Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hello and welcome to episode 26. This is Patty and on this episode, Jude and I are going to be talking about Lemurians. Now, what is a Lemurian? A Lemurian is an interdimensional race of advanced beings. Now, they started in the land of Lemuria, which is sometimes known as Mu, which is M-U, and it's believed that this was like 14,000 years ago, about the same time as Atlantis. Lemuria was this huge landmass, almost a continent in itself, which was in the Pacific Ocean, but it stretched as far as Madagascar and into the Indian Ocean. And it covered Easter Island, the Hawaiian Islands, parts of Asia and Africa. And it's actually believed that the island of Kauai, the oldest of the islands, is where the capital of Lemuria once was. Now, there's a lot of speculation on what happened to the Lemurian race when Lemuria actually disappeared, kind of like the story of Atlantis, where there's a few different views of what could have happened. Many believe that there was a war between the beings of Atlantis and the beings of Lemuria, which wiped them out. And more people believe that there was some cataclysmic event, such as a giant flood that took these land masses out. Well, about the time that Lemuria disappeared, it's believed that the Lemurians, who many believe were star seeds that came down and inhabited the land of Lemuria to begin with, that many of them returned to civilizations above in the stars and in other galaxies, and many others stayed in Kauai while others went over to Mount Shasta. Now, Mount Shasta is a super spiritual place. It's a volcano in Northern California, and it is believed that the Lemurians live in populations and complex tunnels beneath the mountain of Shasta. And people that are locals there see them occasionally out and about walking around. So the frequency of the Lemurians and of the land of Lemuria still exists right now. And it's believed that in Kauai, that there's a lot of that energy that exists there. And in the town of Shasta and out around Shasta Mountain, there's a lot of Lemurian energy and frequencies that you can pick up there. Now, Jude and I, have had experiences with Lemurians. And for us, it's kind of like the Lemurians introduced themselves to us, and then we researched it and found out a little bit more about them. So we're going to talk about that today. And I do want to mention that Telos, T-E-L-O-S, that's the name of the civilization of Lemurians that live below Mount Shasta. And some believe that there can be about a million Lemurians living there right now. Both Jude and I believe that the Lemurians are making themselves much more prominent, are coming out more, are connecting with us more. And that's why we chose to talk about that subject today, because we feel it's very pertinent to the times and to what's going on and something that greatly needs to be put out there and discussed. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to you, Jude, and let you take it from here. Thanks for that information, Patty, and doing that research. 
I definitely want to reiterate that when Patty and I first were introduced to Lemurians and Lemurian energy, we had no concept or idea of their history or their existence. We were both sort of bombarded by these energies that we didn't understand and everything began to unfold in such a magical and amazing way that even at the time that we were experiencing it, it was a lot to digest. It took me many months to fully integrate that experience. And still now years later, I feel so much more comfortable with it, but it's still sometimes when I think about the things that happened and the things we experienced and the way we experienced them, it still blows my mind a little bit. I feel and Patty feel that these Lemurian energies went out of their way to introduce themselves to us. So having said that, I took some time prior to this podcast to outline a little timeline of events, and I'm going to do my very best to share it with you in that order. I'm going to bring you back to October 2016, and I have mentioned this in every other podcast, but I have a massive shoulder issue. And I woke up one day and I had a frozen shoulder. It just was like from one to a hundred in one day. I couldn't move my shoulder. It was in crazy pain. And living in Northern California, we have natural medicines like cannabis. And I'm very sensitive to that. But what I did find out was how to extract CBD. And I knew it was really good for pain. So I had this really wonderful idea of making some CBD oil so I could treat my shoulder that was in this horrible amount of pain. Well, the long and the short of it is, is that I made it wrong and I made a THC batch and I'm just laying it out there because what happened was a shamanic journey of sorts. I meditated and all I got to say is I unleashed a lot of things in the next couple hours. But one thing that happened during this experience were there were these two beings that were standing there probably two or three feet to my left the entire time. Beings unlike any other beings I'd ever seen. And at first, upon first glance, they were intimidating looking because they were so bizarre looking to me, but they also didn't feel threatening. I think it was just because I couldn't put my finger on exactly what they look like. I couldn't say they were demonic energies. I couldn't say they were angelic energies, which was up to that point in 2016, all I was really familiar with, high vibrational angelic energies or maybe some scary looking demonic type energies. But these beings, these entities that were standing there watching me go through this healing, through this cannabis experience that I accidentally gave myself, I was a little intimidated. And at some point after I'd calmed down and worked through all of my personal stuff, these beings were still sitting there. And finally, I got brave enough to look up at them and say, I see you. And why are you here? And they did not hesitate to speak back to me very clearly. And they said, we're here to give you a message. And they said, there isn't much time left and you need to get ready because everything that you know is an illusion and all truths will be revealed. When they were telling me there wasn't much time left, they showed me the planet moving through space, I guess is the best way I can describe it. And I give an analogy of it, of like when you're emptying, draining the tub, and if there's like a piece of hair floating in the back of the water, and it slowly makes its way over to the drain, 
And the closer it gets to the drain, the faster that piece of hair is traveling. And then when it crests the lip of the drain, it goes very fast into the drain. They showed me that wherever we were at at that point in time, that we were just now cresting the lip of the drain. And that's just the best analogy I can give you. It's very hard to translate. And so this last little blip in which they were saying there's not a lot of time left when things are going to change was just like that last thrust as we were being pulled through whatever energetic portal that they were trying to convey to me. At that time, my mind immediately went into this like, oh, well, who's lying to me? And they said in this very bold voice, everything in your reality is an illusion. And in that second that they told me that, I fully knew what they meant because I was laying in a bed at this point. I had a blanket pulled up to my chin and I remember gripping onto the blanket and looking at it and thinking, wow, this blanket's not real. This room's not real. Like nothing in this reality is real. It's all a projection of it being this like physical dimensional space, but I know that it's not actually that because I realized in this moment when I got this message, how attached I was at the third dimensional reality, how comforted I was in knowing these things are there and this is how far away they are from me and, and it's all predictable. In that one sentence, I understood that my recognition of this third dimensional reality may not be any longer in the same way. But at the same time, I got this reassuring feeling that this is for the betterment of all beings on the planet. And mind you, at that time, I was like, this is so out there. I'm like, Jude, you have lost your marbles at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who are these strange looking beings standing here that are telling you these cryptic messages? And it's so out of left field and not really in the realm of anything that I really believed or thought fully at the time. I remember feeling comforted at this idea that I had about at least a five-year window before I was really going to understand more of this message. I felt like within five years. So that felt like, okay, if this is really happening, if this is a real experience and these beings are here giving me this message, then I have five years to integrate to whatever this is. And that was it. And I left it alone and I went to sleep and I woke up and the next day, everybody I ran into said, wow, you look like 10 years younger. <laughs> They're like, what did you do? And I was like, well... When you unleash that many entities out of your energy body, yeah, you look a lot lighter. But I didn't mention the beings. I will describe them to you. They were very tall, very thin. They had long angular eyes. They were humanoid looking, but their features were so kind of stretched or distorted to the way that normal human beings look like that it was very obvious that there was something off or different about them. They looked very gaunt like high cheekbones, sunken cheeks, very long limbs, but definitely humanish. They had hair, they were very pale, and they had robes on, which I thought was just adding to the whole feeling of this whole situation seeming extra weird. Like I thought that was like out of a movie. I'm seeing these beings with robes. But anyways, that's what I experienced. I woke up the next morning. I thought it was out there. I thought it was weird, but I didn't hang on it. And then about a month later, this is where Patty comes into the story. I was moving to the Big Island, Hawaii, and this was going to be my last month in California. So I got my 
closest friends together to make a ladies trip to Mount Shasta. And the reason we chose Mount Shasta was because I had lived in California for 10 years, never had been there, which was only a couple hours down the road. And I had always heard that it was a vortex. And so I was like, we need to go. I called up the girls and we planned a weekend trip. That's kind of when the real adventure started. So my two girlfriends rode in one car and me and Patty rode in another car and we're just kind of excited to get a weekend away. And as we're rolling into Shasta, there's this mountain area that they call the Castle Crags. And it looks like this anomalous, like weird rock growth. I, I don't know how to describe it to you, but it's called the Castle Crags. So if you look it up, you'll you'll know what I mean. And Patty and I are driving along, just minding our own business. And I looked up at those castle crags and I either astral projected or got a very intense telepathic imprint given to me of these very tall beings in robes at the castle crags. And I said it to Patty, I was like, oh my God, that was so weird. I just saw some really tall people hanging out up at those mountaintops. And she was like, oh, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, that was weird, you know? And, and it was just a quick thing that happened. I thought it was strange because it kind of overtook my whole reality for a split second and then it went away and I didn't think anything more of it. And then we just kept driving to where we were going. We ended up renting a year on like, a, I think it was a 40 plus acre property and it was in the middle of nowhere which I just want to mention the GPS was leading us somewhere wrong. And Patty kept being like, no, I'm pretty sure we need to go left here. And I was like, no, the GPS says go right. Patty was right. Just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. We get to the yurt and all of us girls get together and we are loving it because we're all married. We all have children and we don't get a lot of time with each other. So we're immediately just in girl mode and laughing and giggling and cracking jokes and whatnot. We had these intentions on going up to Mount Shasta and actually going up on the mountain. And I'm going to tell you right now, we never even made it up there because we were just so enjoying our company with each other. We pretty much stayed in the yurt for the entire time. But what happened was I started seeing flashes of this indigo blue light moving through the yurt. Like they were columns of light, I would say about three or four feet tall, a deep, indigo electric blue color and they would just whoosh through the room and of course patty started seeing them too and that was i think the first thing that started happening do you remember that patty i remember that and then that night we were all in bed and we had just turned the lights off and this blue light came in through the door through the window in the door of the yurt and just hovered in the center of the room kind of spinning and I said, does somebody have their phone on? And everybody's like, no, do you see that? And it was there for maybe a full minute, like quite a while, just hovering in the center of the room. And it wasn't a reflection of something. It was you know, this very bright blue orb. And then about a minute or so later, maybe even closer to two minutes, it left. And we were just like, holy shit. I was a little nervous at that point because as we started getting closer, I started feeling it in my body, the, just the different frequency and the different vibration. So that was our first big magical moment. And what Jude hasn't brought up is that Jude and I, part of the reason that we went there was to go to a retreat. And then our friends weren't going to the retreat and they were staying behind and Jude and I were doing this retreat. And the next day, Jude and I go to this retreat. It's terrible. I tell her I'm leaving. I drag her out. She agrees that she needs to leave. And we go and meet our friends. And as we're 
headed into town just to kind of go shop at all the crystal shops, this cloud formation starts to form over the top of Mount Shasta. And this is something that you can Google that happens fairly regularly. And they're called lenticular clouds. And we watched it form and it was just magical. It just looked like this huge alien ship collecting over the very tip of the mountain. It kept forming these ridges and these rolls. And we were just sitting there like, holy crap. We were just in awe. So it's almost like the second we got in, I don't know, within half an hour from Shasta, these magical things started to happen. Things that were really getting our attention. And because Jews started seeing blue lights before me, but that night that we all saw that one spinning, there was no- And we were frightened. I remember because our one girlfriend, all of us were too afraid to go up and see what it was because we knew we were in the middle of the woods and it felt like somebody was there. Like we thought- or is somebody like flashing a light on us or yeah, are taking a picture of us while we're trying to sleep? Like it was very, it was creepy just because it was unexplainable. And the only explanation was that there was somebody there doing that, which made it seem extra uneasy because we were four women in the middle of the woods by ourselves. And I remember somebody ended up getting up and looking, but there was nothing. There was nowhere, nobody, nothing. And I mean, the light was like as like it might as well somebody have turned on a light bulb. Yeah, it was like crazy. it was bright. Yeah, it was super yeah. bright. And then the next day, when we go into town, we found a book on Lemuria, and it, it talks about how they're associated with this blue light. And then again, we were like, "Oh my god!" And then that's when right. we started to kind of research a little bit, ask shopkeepers about it. We all bought Lemurian crystals, so it kind of started to grow from there. Well, prior to us going into town, my experience that first night when we were there, I don't know if you remember this, Patty, I went to bed and I felt like somebody was standing at the bed the whole time. I didn't say anything out loud to anybody. I was like, you know, I'm just, I know I'm a little weirder than everybody else. And I feel something standing here. I don't feel threatened, but I felt like I could have just reached out my arm and touched somebody the entire evening. On top of it, there were multiple times I woke up because I was sure that there was like a party at a karaoke bar happening like a hundred feet away from the cabin. I remember that. Right. And so I woke up the next morning and I was like, what was that party last night? And you guys are like, Jude, we're in the middle of nowhere. I was like, nah, I was like, there's, it sounded like there was a bar and there were people singing and I heard like roars of laughter and it felt like it was like a fun event going on, maybe just a few hundred feet away. And they're like, no, no, no. (laughs) So I actually went out we were literally in the middle of nowhere. Like there was nobody, anyone in within an eye shot. And I was just so dumbfounded walking back in. I'm like, I listened to them for hours last night thinking, what party is that? What event could be possibly going on right now on top of feeling like there was somebody near the bed. And then the next morning when I shared that with everybody, I believe all of you said you guys all felt like there was a presence in the room with us as well. We're all very psychic women. And so We just found that to be interesting. Now, before we actually made it into town the next day, after the blue lights, after everything, I started seeing them. I was like, you guys, I'm really kind of losing my mind right now because I'm seeing people in here and they don't look human. And they're asking me, I was like, look, I said, they're kind of like angels, but they're not angels. I said, they're kind of like aliens, but they're not aliens. I was like, but they're kind of like humans, but they're not humans. 
they're like angel, alien humans. I said, they're really tall and really thin and they have these robes on and they keep telling me what they are, but I can't quite get it out of my mouth. I was like thinking of every alien race I'd ever known. Like they're not Pleiadians, they're not Arcturians, they're not like, I'm thinking of everything and none of them's ringing a bell. And so that next day we went into town and we're in the crystal shops. And that is when I think we met a woman we struck up a conversation with her and she's like, oh, I'm here to see a channeler who channels this Lemurian. And I think I screamed super loud right when she said the word. I was like, Lemurian, Lemurian. I was like, that's, that's what they're called, Lemurians. And, you know, she was shocked because she didn't know what I was going through. I said, are they really tall beings? And she said, yes. So they're really thin. Yes. I said, is there like another invisible city interlaced on top of this town. Because at that point, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's like a school over there, like a very high vibrational city. It was almost like I was getting these imprints of this other city that was existing on top of the Mount Shasta area. And it was confusing me because I had never seen anything like this. And when she gave us the word Lemurian, and then all of us were just shook. And I guess a common sighting is for them to look like these deep blue columns of light, which is exactly what we had all seen. And for me to experience this city audibly and visually, and she's saying, yes, that's exactly what's going on. They just exist in a different dimension that is out of phase with our dimension. So not everybody can see it. I felt so validated in this moment because up to that second, I felt like I was absolutely losing my mind. And then things continued to escalate from there. So now that we've asserted that Lemurians are what we're experiencing and that it is an actual thing, Later that evening, we were all pretty buzzed from all of the excitement of all of these kind of spiritual revelations we're having about the area. And apparently it's common knowledge in Mount Shasta, which none of us had ever heard of any of these things. None of us even knew about it, nothing. And that night we decided to do a little ritual, a little ceremony by the fire. And that was the time that I witnessed Patty channeling for the very first time. And I've mentioned it in other podcasts because it scared me. Like <laughs> it frightened me because I'd never seen Patty do it before. But Patty, do you want to add something in here about your experience? Yes, I will. I remember that night it, it was kind of drizzly and foggy. And like Jude mentioned, we were out in the middle of nowhere in this forest with this lovely creek riding by. It was just beautiful. So we went out on the deck and we lit a fire. And one of our friends was going to kind of run the ceremony. She was going to do the ceremony. And she's started this lovely ceremony and we're sitting by the fire. And I, I felt something behind me and it's kept whispering my name. And then before I channel, I get this physical buzzing kind of, uh, it's hard to explain, just this energy running through my body. And, and I felt that coming on and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not going to totally jump in while our friend Carrie's doing this beautiful ceremony and take over. These ladies have never seen me channel. It feels like too much. And then it came between Jude and I and was standing there staring at me. And it was very similar to what Jude had seen. You know, I was like, well, I'm just getting this because this is what Jude had seen. You guys need to go away. I don't want to channel, but they were really adamant. And it gets sometimes to a point where I can't stop it. And so I started channeling. I interrupted the beautiful ceremony our friend was putting on, and this Lemurian was speaking through me. They introduced themselves as Lemurian, and there were about five of them 
but one was speaking for the group. And they told me that we were welcome, that it wasn't coincidental that we were there, that this was a very potent time, that they had been waiting for us. And then they started talking similarly to the message that Jude had gotten, that there were some big changes, some big shifts that were about to happen and that we needed to prepare for that and that they were here to assist us. They also said that they were super excited about what was to come and excited that we were going to assist them and they were going to assist us, that it was going to be the symbiotic relationship, that it was going to be beautiful. It was just this beautiful, amazing message. And when we finished, I kind of stopped and everybody was kind of staring at me with their mouth hanging open. And Jude was kind of jumping up and down because she had some revelations after this as well. So Jude, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, well, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And from my perspective, let me just backtrack and give my perspective on the story. So Interestingly enough, on the drive up to Shasta, Patty and I always have pretty out there psychic conversations, and we were talking about channeling, and I was like, I've never channeled. What is it like, Patty? And so she was telling me what it was like, and I was like, that sounds terrible. I don't ever want to do that. (laughs) That was like my decision as we were driving there, and we let the conversation go. So now we're sitting at this fire, and I as well felt the beings around us very strong to the point at this particular point in time that I could see them in almost full clarity. And one of them came up behind me and asked me if I would like to channel, like he wanted to come in through me. And I said, no. And almost like five seconds later, Patty starts like shaking and undulating and doing some (laughs) weird stuff, like right in the middle of the ceremony. And we're all like looking at her and she just changed into another person. It was so weird. Like your body language, the way you held yourself, the way you talked, even like the physical features on your face seemed like to shift. It just wasn't the Patty I'd known for years. And I've always known that she could channel. She's told me about it. She's described it, but I've never actually seen it. And it was one of those like moments where you just hold your breath the whole time. You don't even realize you're not breathing until she's done. And when you snapped out of it, you were like zapped, like exhausted, like you were, you couldn't move. Like she couldn't even sit herself up in the chair. It was just crazy to see. But what happened was when she gave the message, that is when it hit me that those two beings I saw in my room with the cannabis experience were the same beings that we were experiencing there in Shasta. It just never clicked to me until that moment because she actually addressed it. She said, we'd already been reaching out to you. We've already visited you. Whoever was channeling through her was talking to me in that moment. And I was like, this is who that was. They were Lemurians that visited me. And everything Patty said was exactly in alignment with what the message was that they gave me, that there wasn't a lot of time left before these big changes happen and that we need to be prepared. So needless to say, we come out of this experience, all of our minds are blown, all of our lives are changed forever because we had no idea that there could be such a thing like an interdimensional civilization that exists in conjunction with our earthly realm, but we can't see them. Like, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So I know that that night I was going to bed, I was thinking Lemurians, Lemurians. I was like, where have I heard that? And I said, well, I've heard of Lemurian crystals. I just thought that was a name. And then I thought, one of my friends a long time ago, she's Hawaiian, and she said that Hawaiians originated from Lemuria. 
And that was the only time I ever heard that. So I actually Googled it that night and it talks about the continent of Mu, which is supposedly located on the Hawaiian islands, which is exactly where I was moving in a couple of weeks. So all of this was just so lined up for me in this moment. I was like, whoa, this is crazy that I'm being introduced to them and I'm actually moving to their place of origin in a couple of weeks. And I honestly thought I was going to step off the plane and greeted by Lemurians like we experienced in Shasta. And it totally didn't happen. <laughs> I didn't get one Lemurian energy the whole time I was there. I was there for almost two years. I looked for them. I never had contact. I never saw them. And it made me wonder about the experience we had in Shasta. You know, when you're not continually experiencing something, I was just like, did that really happen? That was so wild. I thought this was like the continent of Mu. I thought this is where they all lived. Why aren't I feeling them? And so I just want to add, for those of you who do live on Big Island, I am aware that there is a presence there. I think just the particular area I was in might not have had such a greater concentration of them because I have heard reports of people who said on another side of the island that their presence is very strong there. So bypass that. A couple years later, the lava comes, which I'm sure many of you heard of. And me and my family are uprooted in a matter of 48 hours and running for our lives to Kauai, where we did not choose to move. We landed here because when the lava came, we sent out an SOS and the first person that responded said, come here to Kauai, there's a safe place for you to land. And so we ended up moving our whole family over here. And the minute I landed here on Kauai, I was greeted with the Lemurian energies and I was like, whoa there they are. And then more interesting stuff started unfolding around that time. Now we're going into about July 2017, which was shortly after we had moved here. I'm driving up to the North Shore, and it felt like I went through an energetic wall. And then next thing I know, there are these beings talking to me super loud and clear. And they are very much like the Lemurians, but they feel more elevated, more ancient, more old, more seasoned. I don't know what to describe it as, but they just felt very, very old. Like they had been around a lot longer than even the ones that I had seen in Mount Shasta. And they start giving me messages and they tell me, and I want y'all to be open-minded when I say this, because I can't say anything for sure, but this is what I heard. They said more or less that they were the originals that they had been here the longest. They said that they were some of the first conscious beings that ever existed on planet Earth. They had been here a lot, a lot, a lot of years before human beings were. That's why I have a hard time saying that they're ETs. It's just because in my perception, they had been here longer than humans have. So they may have originated from somewhere else, but they've been here longer than humans. That's my, my opinion based on the way that they've introduced themselves to me. And about a week later, I had a reading with Patty. And the first thing Patty says to me is, whoa, this is weird. There's these ancient beings talking to me and they say that they've been trying to contact you and they have contacted you and they need you to help them help wake people up. She's literally reiterating all of the things and my jaw was on the floor. And her and I don't do video readings, we do uh, over the phone. And she's apologizing to me saying, I'm sorry, Jude, this is like the weirdest thing I've ever told you. I don't know what this is coming from. And I was like, Patty, 
that literally happened to me. I thought I was crazy. I never mentioned it to her or anything. And she completely validated it because Patty's amazing like that. Patty, do you recall Thank that? Thank you. I do. I think I even sensed you in your car and that's why it seems so bizarre. I'm very impressed by Patty, but oh, stuff like that just... <laughs> You are amazing. Oh, thank you. It, it was trippy because, you know, Jude sees all these entities and I'm usually a little more, um, I know we're talking about channeling, so that doesn't really sound like it, but I'm a little more linear, like do not take that job. Yes, you need to move, blah, blah, blah. And so to pass on to her that I was seeing these alien beings or these starseed beings and this information that they were passing on, I thought she was just going to start laughing at me. So the fact that it was a validation for what she got was really cool. Yeah, Patty and I are out there on a level, but we still have some level of like, okay, maybe this is too out there even for us. <laughs> the thing that got me is you kept accentuating that they said they are ancient, some of the oldest beings. Yeah. And that was the one piece of information that gave me that I was like, whoa, just to wrap my head around that there were these like interdimensional supernatural beings that existed way before humans was like a lot to digest. And so Patty validated that for me. Well, yeah. about this time, I started seeing Lemurians as well. And to me, it was, I'll shut up as one. And it was a very tall, pale skinned male in a white robe. And he would just stand in the room and I would try to talk to him and he wouldn't really engage. He just was there. And it took quite a while before he would talk to me. So for me, I think he was kind of warming me up or letting me get used to him before he would speak. And Lemurians are known to be very clairvoyant and they didn't have a specific language other than speaking to one another telepathically. And that's how they speak to me. Their mouth doesn't move. They don't tell me something specific. I just telepathically get information from them. And then I was also having clients come in who would bring up Lemuria or a Lemurian would be standing with them. It's like all of a sudden Lemurians were coming out of the woodwork. And that happens for Jude and I. Sometimes when we open up to something, it starts coming in really strongly. I, I believe I spoke of this happening during another episode, but I went to lunch with some friends. One of my friends was bringing up something that occurred and I said, well, that sounds like a Lemurian. And as soon as I said that, she got this weird look on her face. And I kind of thought maybe she'd eaten a hot bite of jalapeno or something. And she just looked a little stunned. And then my friend next to her said, are you okay? And then she kind of said, whoa, whoa. And then I said, what's going on? And then I, the same thing said, whoa, whoa. It's like this electric current went through the first person and then through the second person, and then over to me. It didn't make it to the fourth person. And we were all just kind of stunned sitting there staring at each other like, what the hell just happened? And it was like the minute I said the word Lemurian, that energy came through and just passed through all of us. It was really a trip. I find it interesting that you and I both had the same experience as far as them kind of standing in the room off in the distance when there were long robes not really engaging with us, but being present. That same thing would happen to me with them in the beginning. It's not like that now, but at first, just like you said, it's like they're slowly trying to acclimate us to their presence. And I didn't realize until you just said this right now that, yeah, they never move their lips. It's totally telepathic. So when mm -hmm. I'm saying they're talking to me, they never actually like opened their mouth. So yeah, usually, interesting. Yeah, usually when a spirit shows up, I ask them why they're there and what they want. And if they don't speak, I send them away. But I knew better than to send this one away. This felt like a very meaningful presence, even though it wasn't passing on information or really even relating to me. They're very serious too. Yeah, they They're, are. Very, they don't really joke around a lot. Very stoic and very just 
calm and very even keeled energy. So speaking of Lemurians randomly standing in the room, there was a series of events that unfolded in late January of 2018. And this was, this is kind of when everything with the Lemurians peaked for me. And when I finally was like, okay, I accept, I fully accept that this is a thing. I'm fully with it. I'm not questioning it anymore. And so what happened was our friend who had just gone through a massive spiritual rebirth and her energy was really stepping into her higher self and really in an enlightened space. And both Patty and I had seen her come to this place after many years of struggling with different dynamics in her personal life, but she really opened up. And what happened was somebody sent her a picture of some lenticular clouds over Mount Shasta. And she said, when she looked at these pictures, she was instantly transported to what she believed to be some kind of UFO ship and was greeted by a group of these tall, thin beings with robes. And after that happened, she said that there was a tall being with robes on following her around. So she immediately contacted me and Patty because she was very confused by the experience and had no idea what was going on. But because Patty and I had already been going through this and having these experiences, we were able to be like, yes, yes, they're Lemurians. Don't worry. Everything's fine. And she was describing them to a T exactly in the way that Patty and I were experiencing them. And so how it lines up is Patty ends up giving her a reading and it just happens to be the same day that I'm supposed to give Patty a reading right after. So she reads this woman they have some kind of big Lemurian messages that unfold. And then Patty immediately hangs up with her and then gets on the phone with me because now I'm supposed to give her a reading. And this Lemurian stuff comes up and I tell Patty that these Lemurians are recruiting you to be a channel. Do you remember? You were like not entirely so stoked on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to just be used as a vessel. And I was like, no, they're going to be, they're going to be cool about it. They're not just going to jump in you unexpected. So after this point, now there's a Lemurian following me around. So for the next whole day and night, he's standing in my room and I'm telling you, I could see it pretty much clear as day. And I looked at him and I said, I see you. What do you want? What are you doing here? And he says, I'm here to give you a message. And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and he says, the curtains are open. It's showtime. And I know that he's talking about that full circle moment to the first time I met them two years ago where he said, there's not a lot of time left. We need to get ready. Now he's saying the veil's open. It's showtime. There's no more waiting. It's all open. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, we're going to start making contact with people. And I'm thinking like, whoa, because our friend had just had an open contact and now I'm getting this message. The next day, this woman calls me and she says, can I schedule a session with you? And I said, oh, I can't see you till next week, but if you can meet me in 20 minutes, I can come down right now. So this was a very unexpected reading. I go down to my studio. This woman walks in. She's super tall, super thin, and she has like bleach blonde white hair. And she's wearing sunglasses. And she wore the sunglasses the entire time, by the way. And I said, well, you're a Lemurian. And she said, I know. And she starts telling me like what part of the galaxy she's from and what beings she's associated with and what her mission is here on Earth. And I mean, this woman was very articulate 
and very grounded about the way she was telling me this. And I had never had anybody speak to me in this way. I, I'm not telling her anything. And then she continues to tell me that these Lemurian beings were contacting her and telling her that they were going to start contacting people in masses and everything was about to shift very quickly. It was like everything to a T that this Lemurian had told me in my room the night before. And here's this random woman in my studio the next day telling me this very matter-of-factly, fully cognitive and aware of who she is, what her mission is, and what it is that is happening on the planet as far as this Lemurian interaction and encounter were going. So now after I read this woman, Patty and I end up having a reading. Now she's reading me. Still Lemurian stuff is coming up. I have to get off the phone because I'm supposed to run and do an interview with somebody about this mountain called Kalalea Mountain here on the island of Kauai. And it's a local man. He's generations back. And as soon as I go meet up with this person, they're like, get in the truck. I'm going to take you somewhere. He ends up taking me to a heiau, which is a very ancient, sacred place that was known for the royal families to come and give birth at this particular heiau, and it's not open to the public. So it was a very special treat to be invited in by somebody who was the caretaker. Anyways, this person is very psychic, and that is a whole another story in itself to all that I saw there, but I'm going to get to the Lemurian part of it. So after I had, had just had this really phenomenal experience walking through this heiau, talking to all kinds of spirits, we get to the end of the heiau, and I look up at the hill, and I see the Lemurians. There's like three of them standing up there. I point up to them and I tell my friend, there are star people up there because I didn't want to say Lemurians to him because he, he wouldn't know what I was talking about. I said, there's star people up there. And he looks at me and he said, I never even told you about that. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, years ago, I, I walked up there and there's these high caliber spirits up there. And he says, you know what? do you know where you're pointing to right now? And I was like, no. And he's like, that mountain peak is called Hokuolele. And I was like, what does that mean? And he says, star messenger. Mm. And I was like, okay, wow. stick a fork in me. I am done. I was like, this is just, <laughs> it wouldn't end. It was like one thing after another, after another. And that night was the full lunar eclipse in January of 2018. And as soon as that full lunar eclipse happened, everything like deflated and went back to normal. So that entire week leading up to that full lunar eclipse was just so heightened and so much Lemurian energy. And then it just peaked and then dissipated. It was that experience that made me be like, this is real. It's a thing. I no longer question it. And I know it's super out there. And I know this is a big story. And I know it's like far out for some of you who have never heard it. I can tell you for sure, I know there's a lot of you listeners out there who know exactly what I'm talking about. Because as Patty said, it was like the Lemurian floodgates opened. And since 2017, when this started, the number of clients that both Patty and I have had who know about them, who report their own contacts and channelings and telepathic communications, and the number of clients who have been coming in that are bringing Lemurian energy in with them is like unreal. All right. And I'm going to pick up on the next visit to Shasta. So 
Jude came over to the mainland to visit, and we all decided very last minute to have a little reunion and go back up to Shasta. There's four of us. And we headed back up to Shasta, and this was in September of last year, so September of 2019. This time, we got to go up on the mountain, and it's it's amazing to be out on the mountain. There's a whole other story there about the energy up on the mountain itself. We were all at the evening, we were sitting around and we decided to have a little ceremony and thank the Lemurians for having us and invite them in. And we're sitting in a circle. And once again, I start to feel a little buzzy and um, I look over at Jude and Jude is starting to kind of shake a little bit. And she says, I have somebody here. There's a Lemurian here. He wants to channel through me. I'm afraid. And I'm like, nope, just, just go ahead and ask him to come in gently. Just go ahead and give it a try. Yeah. I felt there was a energy as weird as it sounds sitting on top of me, like trying to sit in my body. And they were asking me if I wanted to channel and I was scared because I had never channeled before. And Patty was like, just give them permission to say one sentence, just one sentence. And so I agreed. And then some sentence came out of my mouth and it scared me (laughs) because it's not me and it was not what I would say nor how I would talk. And I immediately just clenched up and like thrust it out of me. I was like, get out, you know, tell Pat that I was like, get out. And then almost immediately Patty started channeling the same being, I'm pretty sure. It jumped right from Jude on to me and I, I started channeling. And, you know, I would like to say, first of all, that I'm not much of a performer you know, this isn't something I choose to do for attention. You know, usually I'm not really super keen on it because it does take a lot out of you energetically and physically, and it doesn't come super often, but when it does, it's, it's pretty powerful. So I started channeling and this group of Lemurians showed up. For me, I had only seen Lemurians show up as male figures thus far. And so these male figures show up and they start taking us on this journey and we get into this type of ship with them and we start leaving and I'm kind of talking out loud while this is happening while we're traveling and I'm being told that the time is now the time has come you're not alone do not fear just release and receive we will help you we love you we love the planet we love humanity the time has come the time is now and we start going through this this journey, this travel, and it's like we're traveling through this crystalline space that just keeps changing colors. You know, it just be this brilliant red, and then it's this brilliant blue, and then this brilliant green. I'm being told that we're traveling through the frequency of color and that we're being taken home. And so we keep traveling, and then we get to this space where we are greeted by females And it's the first time that I had seen a Lemurian as a female, looked very similar as the other Lemurians we had seen. However, they were female. And what I was told is that women in the Lemurian civilization are the higher order and that men are the travelers, the recruiters, the scouts that go out and spread the message and find ambassadors to help them and that the women kind of hold the higher energy, the higher space. And we all traveled into the space and we were uploaded and upgraded. And it was this amazing experience that's hard to even put into words. So this was happening. They were speaking through me. 
during this. And then at the end of it, I think all of us were crying. We were all pretty exhausted and teary. And we sat around and we shared our personal experiences. And they were so similar to one another that it was just a trip. Right. I think all four of us had an astral experience that we were on an actual ship. And my personal experience with it was I was blown away that the ship was made out of consciousness. I remember having this like mind-blowing revelation, like, whoa, there's not like rivets in metal. It was Mm -hmm. like, I saw these beings on the ship and it was like they used their collective consciousness to create this vessel and that carried us up. And I remember just being very intrigued by that aspect of it. And I believe that the other two women also had an experience of being on the ship, but they had like a different vantage point from being on that ship, just like you did, Patty, where we were meeting uh, all the beings. And it's interesting that you say that about the male and female, because all of the Lemurian beings I ever encountered were all masculine. I've never encountered a female one. And I didn't really think about what that meant until you just said that. But yeah, for some reason, they've always been male. Yeah. But the higher orders female. And I I love how you explain that about how we traveled through consciousness, because that's what it was. They were saying that it wasn't um, you know, it's not like an alien came and it abducted us and took us. It's through our raised frequency, through this state of consciousness, through this higher unity that we were able to travel to Telos. I, I believe we were taken to their space and they were saying, we're taking you home. And once we got there is when I feel like there was this huge energetic shift within us. And I feel like we all came out of that differently than we went in. Totally. It just ingrained this reality more in all of us. Like we were already there, we already accepted it, but it just was deepening the relationship that we have with the Lemurian energies. I don't think that they're just going to reach out to people who are not spiritually elevated enough or clear enough or comfortable enough with being contacted with these kind of beings, but those who are, they're kind of gently introducing themselves. Perhaps they're showing up just as energy forms, positive energy forms, and then slowly revealing themselves to be these tall beings in robes to certain people. So, yeah. And, and it's interesting that just a few months after that is when the COVID virus hit and when things really started to get interesting and energy started to shift. So I believe that that was kind of our little bit of initiation just before things started to shift. Right. Like the prep, like they were definitely telling us things were going to shift very quickly. Like that was what I got out of it. Like it seemed like the couple of years before it was get ready, get ready. It's happening. It's beginning. And that last one we went to Shasta was like, it's we're in it. So hold on tight. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So if you are meditating and somebody shows up in a white robe, pale skinned, kind of tall, there's a good chance that's a Lemurian. Our friend that Jude spoke of earlier, that Lemurian was with her for quite a while and would speak through me during readings for her, but it did get to a point where he kept telling her to be patient, where he did start speaking directly to her and he works as a guide for her, a very strong guide. Just recently, I had a client that I read from Australia And in the middle of the reading, those big blue columns of light that we initially saw in Shasta started flashing in my room where I was giving the reading and it kept distracting me. I kept looking over and then trying to go back to the reading and looking over and I'm thinking, oh, I know exactly what this is. This is Lemurian energy. 
And uh, I said, have you ever heard of like Lemurians? Cause she's from Australia. I don't know what she knows. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm very connected to the Lemurians. The reason I even ever went to Hawaii was solely because Lemurians originated there. The Lemurians were trying to acknowledge that her and I are part of their spiritual team. And so some really amazing messages came through, but it was just funny how they can just show up like that. And I don't even know that this person I'm talking to knows what Lemurians are. And she was like, they are a huge part of my reality. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So going up on the mountain on the volcano um, is also an experience that if you ever have the chance to do, that's very magical. You know, we ran into some fairy energy. We ran into some Native American energy and definitely a lot of Lemurian energy up there. So it's a very magical vortex and definitely something worth taking a trip to go experience. So to just summarize a little bit about Lemurians that we haven't touched on, is there a very high frequency high vibrational civilization. They are all healers. They work telepathically. They are shapeshifters. They're very in touch with the land. They, they love earth. When Lemuria existed, there was a huge symbiotic relationship between the Lemurians and the planet. And also um, they're very into crystals. It's believed that crystals were their communication tools so that they stored information in crystals. And a lot of people that are really into Lemurians are also really into crystals. And it's believed that they seeded Lemurian crystals here to help keep their frequency and their consciousness alive until they decided to come back out and into the open, which is where they are right now. And Jude and I have talked about how we, we truly believe that ETs are making their way back into our frequency and back into this dimensional space. And it's the same thing with the Lemurians. We have a lot of other civilizations that that are coming in that are here to assist us with all that we're going through right now. So they are definitely our allies here to assist and watch us and keep us on track during this big shift in consciousness. Agreed. They are very heart-centered, unconditionally loving beings, very peaceful, very gentle. They are healers. And the message that I get and Patty has gotten is that it's all heading to a better place. And that's what we always keep coming back to, that this is just a transition point, an awakening point. And awakening is not going to be easy for everybody. It can be jarring. There are things that we need to unwield and get out of the way to get to that level of clarity. And for those of us who are ready, I think those realms and dimensions are opening up and becoming clearer and clearer to the point where it will feel like it is fully integrated within our physical reality. And that's where I essentially think things are going. So there you go. So before we close, we wanted to make a couple little announcements. I have had several people texting and emailing me and asking me if I offer remote readings. And yes, I do. As a matter of fact, right now in the time of COVID, all of my readings are remotely. I offer readings by telephone or I prefer Zoom. It's just so nice to see one another. I am booking remote readings right now through my website, wingandether.com. You can find my schedule there and book. I'm Right now I'm booked out almost five months, which I know is, is so crazy, but if you go ahead and book it before you know it, five months comes around. I feel like the readings are just as good over Zoom as they are in person. I've had a few people that have wanted to wait to see me in person, and that's fine and great. However, I, I do feel like they're just as potent. 
I really like it when people have a list of questions. I get questions on love, career, future moves, um, education, health. And usually what happens is somebody will come in and we'll start off with a question or two and then spirit will take us where we need to go. You know, I ask that everybody leaves with the answers to all their questions and more and leave feeling empowered and hopeful and I feel like sometimes people get answers that they weren't expecting or spirit will talk about something they weren't expecting. A lot of times spirit just goes there before you even have to answer the question. So for my readings, I really like it when people come in with a few questions. It helps me to get going and helps things to unfold. That is purely the opposite of my readings. In fact, I tell people I don't like any questions. <laughs> really? Say, Oh yeah. I t- uh, Usually my I have a little kind of spiel I give to people so they know what to expect. When I read people, I don't like being influenced at all. And this may change over time, but just where I'm at right now, I like to have nobody tell me anything about themselves. In fact, if anyone reveals information, I'm like, get, zip it, quiet, don't want to hear it. Um, I am a little different. I see it to be is to help people understand the holding patterns in their energy and how if energy is not flowing correctly, it can reflect in what's happening in your actual outward reality. So if you're feeling blocks in different areas or blocks within relationships, blocks within your career, blocks within your energy levels, what I'm doing is I'm kind of scanning through your entire aura and I'm seeing what is holding you back from being on your highest potential path. And I'm just trying to nudge you back onto it. So either the readings are going to be a total validation that you're doing amazing and everything's great. And all of the things you've done through all of your lifetimes have brought you to this wonderful reality you're experiencing now, or I'm going to be like, there's a little bit of that. Then plus maybe there's some leftover energies from experiences in this life or other lifetimes that still need to be worked through and healed and cleared so you can get into alignment with what you're here to do and live your best life and be energized and happy. And so that's what I do. And then I allow at the end of my sessions for people to ask questions and you can ask anything and either I get a hit on it or I don't. I tend to have a knack for being able to help people with their relationships, like looking at the energy dynamics between you and other people because we collect a lot of energy in those relationships and they can have a huge impact on how things are flowing for us. So that's also something that I like to do for people. And I also want to say that the Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or whatever format we choose sessions are just as potent if we did them in person. So don't be discouraged by that. The only thing with me is as a sound healer, I love to share that part of the healing process with people and that's always best in person. But if you can't get that, it doesn't mean that the distance energy work that I'm able to do for you isn't as effective. So that's how I work and what you can expect. And my waiting list is only a couple months long, (laughs) but uh, I always recommend to people, I think everyone should experience both of us because we have two really different vantage points and we offer similar but different information and I always tell people book with Patty you're gonna want it trust me by the time it comes around you need a reading (laughs) and usually that's how it works and one place I differ from you is like how you like no information I like to kind of sit and visit with people for a few minutes because I feel like as I'm visiting with them asking them about where they live what they do 
it helps them to relax. And when somebody is relaxed, they're easier to read. And also while I'm visiting with them, spirits usually jabbering in my ear and telling me things that they want to address and what is going on with them before we really even start to fully get into the reading. During my readings, oftentimes people that have passed will show up, spirit guides will show up, animal totems will show up. Sometimes spirit gives me really specific information, names, dates, outcomes, and other times it's a little foggier. So it just depends on the person, what they're supposed to hear, what they're able to hear. And spirit, like I said before, just kind of takes over and takes us where we need to go. Totally. I think the type of information that comes in is completely dependent on the person that we're reading. You've described your way of getting information as like a direct knowing. And how I feel I different is mine is more like I'm looking at images and pictures and I'm the interpreter and I have to interpret what I'm seeing and picking up to you. I kind of wish I had more of that direct knowing where it just flows out of me and that's exactly what it is. But that's opening up for me a little bit more. But yeah, we have two unique reading styles, but we've definitely had clients tell us that we've said very similar things to them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens a lot. Oh yeah. That's what Jude said. You told me that. It's always nice yeah. when that happens. Thank you so much for being with us during this episode and all the other episodes that you've listened to. We really appreciate our audience. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about my business, that is Wing and Ether. Ether is spelled A-E-T-H-E-R. Wing and Ether or pdavispsychic.com. And there's a scheduler on there where you can schedule appointments. Jude and I both have a mailing list where we can alert you on classes and events and what we have going on along with our website through our podcast. Yeah, and you can find my information and contact info there. Otherwise, it's alignandshinekawaii.com, but you can go to our spiritspeakerspodcast.com website and find my contact there. We also have our Instagram at spiritspeakerspodcast. I just wanted to say one other thing that we did get a question on astral projection, astral traveling, and Patty and I decided rather than answering that question, we're probably going to do a whole podcast on that topic soon. So thank you for joining us. Until next time, aloha. Take care.